Hello. 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 And welcome to Pioneer's Post podcast. Social enterprise stories and conversations from across the world. <laughs> welcome everybody to this podcast, Who Gets to Shape the Future? These are gender item one podcasts set out to challenge conventional thinking and outdated governance practices. So we aim to draw on real life experiences and share practical advice from those at the front line of social change. For this episode, we're going to discuss how we give young people a stronger voice in shaping the future. These unprecedented times are levelling the playing field across generations. The young people of today have extraordinary skills, experiences and ambitions for change. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? But how do we ensure they are heard? So I'd like to welcome all the people here I've got to discuss this topic with me. Um, if you'd like to say uh, hello and really briefly introduce yourself and what hat you've got on for today's discussion, that'd be great. Um, Leon, would you go first? Yes, uh, my name is Leon Ward. I'm Deputy Chair of Brook Young People. I've been a trustee since I was 18, so that's about 10 years. Um, and I'm the author of a Best Practice Guide for Young Trustees. Thanks, Leon. Great to have you with us. Mita. Hi, I'm Mita. I manage the Young Trustees movement um, and I'm a former Young Trustee and chair myself. Brilliant. Great to have your perspective. Uh, and Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm um, the director of the Blaygrave Trust, which is a youth funder, and um, we have a board of um, predominantly young trustees that I report to. Tamana, would you like to introduce yourself? Please? Hello there. I'm Tamana Mia. I'm from Kent. I am um, a big advocate on getting young people and ethnic minorities involved in uh, the wider participation um, in terms of getting young people more involved in trusteeship, people with um, mental, uh, mental health issues or disabilities and people from ethnic minority backgrounds. I've um, been a part of many charities and organisations and I've been a trustee for local and national organisations and I'm also the South East uh, representative for the Young Trustees Movement too. Great. Um, fantastic to have you all with us. Um, what we often do to start the conversation on these calls is uh, uh, come up with a little boardroom scenario, almost like minutes of a board meeting, but what's really going on rather than what you might normally get. So I'm going to read that out and then ask any of you just to kind of jump in with any reactions that that uh, uh, gets you thinking about. Carly was excited to be part of her first board meeting, having been recruited as a young trustee of a local charity. After cheerful welcomes, the discussion turned quickly to income generation. The board discussed this for a while, but as it was her first meeting and she wasn't asked, Carly kept quiet. The discussion moved on to how to market new ideas. The chair turned to Carly. What do you reckon we should do on social media? Young people are so much more in tune with that sort of thing. Carly shared her thoughts. Everyone nodded. Excellent, Carly. Thank God we have a young person to turn to on these matters. It's all gobbledygook to me, said the chair. After a good chuckle, Everyone left feeling pleased with themselves for being diverse, diverse and forward thinking. Except Carly, who left the meeting feeling a bit let down. Her background in fundraising and her extensive networks might have added a little more to that income generation discussion, if only she'd had the chance. Any of that sound familiar or spark any thoughts from any of you? Leon. 
Um, well, it definitely sounds familiar. I mean, more often than not, being the youngest person in the room can often mean you have to look after the, the sort of youth issues which tend to be social media and digital. Um, but I guess sort of um, what I would say to Carly is three things probably. One is that it's fine because I think it takes a while to understand your board and for the board to understand you. The second thing would be probably to have a chat with your chair should you be um, feeling annoyed about this or uh, wanting to give your voice to a different subject matter, which might come in time anyway, but it might be worth speaking to your chair so you can speed that up. And I guess the third point is for any potential young trustee listening or anyone that is thinking about recruiting young trustees is to have that open and frank conversation during recruitment about what the skill set is that the person is bringing to the board so that the board can understand how best to use that person. Thanks, Leon. Some excellent points, because what we're trying to fight against here, I suppose, is, is that idea of, of, of tokenism or you represent young people rather than coming for the for the skills that that individual brings. Mm. Mito, have you got anything you'd like to, to come in on on this? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Um, first of all, if in the board meeting, like what before that, what was the training that that person had to to get to that stage to have those conversations? Um, because obviously that person's um, kind of experience matched what we were talking about, but a lot of young trustees might not have um, like that background in fundraising, which is fine, um, but they'll also have a really useful perspective to add to income generation. Um, so hopefully there would have been some um, training beforehand to know that that person can add their their perspective meaningfully. Thanks, Mita. Joe, you've just been through a, a, a lot of recruitment for young trustees to your board. Um, uh, what's been your experience of that? Um, well, I'm lucky in that I've got both a highly skilled chair and a, and a board that are completely on board <laughs> with, mm. with uh, diversity and inclusion. But one of the things that I really feel um, is crucial is um, the role of, of the chair and the way that board meetings are managed so that everybody gets to provide input on, on everything and anything, that it's not necessarily just on, on the kind of cliche idea, someone else's idea of what you're bringing to a particular point that may or may not have particular relevance for young people um and and so that kind of really speaks to the culture of how board meetings work uh, i was just going to say i echo everything that joe says there and i think there is something about um you know step one is that the charity is on the right he's taking the first right step around opening up the room to allow other people who normally wouldn't be trustees to be trustees. But um, diversity and being able to champion diversity and allowing diversity f to flourish is an ongoing journey. You can't just, to use the phrase that lots of people use when they talk about diversity, you can't just check the box and tick the box. You have to then make sure that everything you do allows that person to thrive when they're in the boardroom. But if there's anyone listening who has taken that initial step to at least get young people around the table then you know kudos to you for at least taking that first step but there's a whole journey ahead of you that should be done in collaboration with the young trustee as well this isn't about chairs and existing trustees doing for the young trustee but it's about doing it with yeah thanks leon part of the thing uh, that i 
think is a, an issue is quite often that conversation is about how do you make the young person sort of fit into the traditional board style, um, which sort of suggests that the board themselves don't need to move too much from what they already do. Um, I don't know, uh, Mita, if you've had any experiences of that on the Young Trustees programme. Yeah, hugely. Um, and I think one of the, the problems with boards in general is um, the culture of a board, like being the stuffy environments where you have to act really formal. And a lot of the times um, when you go into that environment, you think, well, you know what, I'm going to have to fake it until I make it. Um, I'm going to have to pretend to be someone I'm not. I'm not. And what that does is it takes away from you genuinely thinking in that space like what do I think about this issue and instead you're thinking how can I best fit in like how am I standing how am I speaking um was that the right answer instead of saying that doesn't make sense to me can someone clarify these things mm. um and some of the best um experiences I've heard from young people who are trustees are board environments which aren't like that. So one of our ambassadors, for instance, said he didn't know it was not normal in a board meeting for a mum to say, bring their kid to have these conversations, uh, acknowledge the kid's picture and then move on to what they were talking about. Uh, it, the onus is not on just bringing this young person in, fitting into that structure. Um, instead, it's about making sure that we are proactively creating spaces to make them inclusive, um, equitable and safe. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it certainly resonates. Um, Joe, I was just going to go back to you a bit. Um, um, w having recruited a lot more uh, young trustees to your board and been through uh, that recently, um, how has the sort of dynamic or the culture of the board changed or had to change over the last sort of year or so? So it's actually been nearly three years now since we recruited our first two um young trustees who were at that time 24 and 25 we've just recruited uh two more one is 19 one is 20 and we've got two others as well so so over three years i think we've seen a massive um gradual um but massive over the three years culture shift and i think the key um reflection i have is that I think initially we did fall into the trap, even though we like to think that we were thinking quite hard about it, of ultimately expecting the first two young trustees to kind of fit into the to the norm. Um, and what's really changed is the culture where rather than trustees and all trustees coming into a board meeting to impart their knowledge on a particular area of expertise, um, I think now the culture is that all trustees come in to learn and reflect and problem solve together um, and much more informal um, as a result. So for sure we have, you know, items that we need to talk about and there is rigour and there is seriousness behind the kind of endeavour, if you like. Um, but that doesn't stop us from... For example, starting with, you know, we've got a young person who works for Blade Grave who, who does spoken word poetry. She started a board meeting the other day with the spoken word poem. Our staff come into board meetings a lot more now because we've created this much more informal environment. It has been a, a, a significant culture shift. Brilliant. I mean, that describes the kind of... Uh... The, the journey that, that Leon you were talking a little bit about earlier um, and it, it you know for, 
one of the things that uh, really resonates there is if only all boards were like that, not just ones that that felt that um, you know they needed to do so in order to increase their their diversity. Leon, why do we need young people in these kind of leadership positions? I mean, it's, that's always the starting place when um, organisations come to young people who have been trustees. They often ask, or well, you know, why would we do this? They tend to get it a little bit, i.e., you know, this is about diversity, etc. And I think that is the starting point. That diverse decision making is, in my experience, always better decision making. And I think bringing different people around the table who have not just different skills, but different perspectives, different backgrounds, different stories um, can really enhance your boardroom and allow those people perhaps to be a bit more disruptive than your normal, typical trustee candidates. Um, And I think the journey that Joe um, has explain just shows you that it's not only about trustees but you do have to bring staff members along with it um, to make sure that you kind of shake up governance in the charity sector a bit broader but I would say that's the starting point and then second to that I would argue that if you exclude any particular part of the population then you're missing out on the skills, perspectives and backgrounds of that section of the population. And so what happens is you end up in an echo chamber. It doesn't matter how wide your echo chamber is. (laughs) It's still an echo chamber if you are excluding, like I say, a certain part of the population. I think there's a an element here as well, which is that young trustees, I think, are the philanthropists of the future. Some of them are the philanthropists of the now, to be honest. Them, some of them are chief execs of, of now and the future. They are people who are going to be politicians. You know, capturing these people at the start of their career is going to, I think, reap rewards for organisations long into the future um, and help safeguard those organisations to better deal with, with challenges. Thanks, Leon. Has anyone got any on this call off the top of their head now, the stats of how many uh, young trustees there are? Yeah, currently uh, less than 3% of trustees are under 30. While generally um, 1 in 12 um, trustees are called either John or David. So in comparison, when we're thinking about (laughs) those two statistics, it's it's very worrying and troubling and, and shows that there is action to be taken. What are the risks of not having young people properly represented in these leadership positions given where we are now in in you know crazy times i think there are massive risks as you say we're living through very strange and challenging times um and times that have highlighted you know how much we need ambitious and radical kind of policy making for young people it doesn't matter if you're looking at climate change you know the cost of which will be felt by young people or you're thinking about COVID-19 right now, as we all are, and the huge impact of, of this on the current generation in terms of, you know, lost lost education now, but, but an upcoming recession, um, which is going to mean a lot of young people are going to face hardship. And actually, you know, just the recent week of uh, issues around racial justice um, and the joy George Floyd situation. I don't, I don't think it's ever been more important to ensure that young people are part of solutions to all these issues, um, and that you know they're most that they're listened to, and that we think seriously um, about the role they have to play. You know, at the very least, people who are most affected by the future should be part of shaping that future as we kind of live it. Yeah. 
Tamana, do you, do you want to add anything on this? Yeah, I think I think this is such an important point. Um, I've obviously agree with everyone's views, but in this day and age, I think a revolution is coming. You know, we're in a worldwide pandemic, and people are really starting to open their eyes to the wider issues and to the wider world. You know, um, young people are learning, adults are learning, everybody is starting to use their voice to change the better. And I think young people, not just young people, but people of all um, race, background, ethnicity, age, ability, I think everybody is beneficial around the table. And in terms of the charity sector, it's really important that young people are involved to involve more people in changing the charity from the top and the bottom. Um, you know, involving young people at an earlier age makes them continue on for years and years to come and encouraging next generations and further generations to come, as well as providing the valuable insight, the perspective that leads to the better governance structure of a board. You know, it helps the charity sector in a whole to become more diverse, more inclusive. It's just really important to make sure there's involvement and transparency through the whole thing, because I've seen in my experience there have been difficult situations where young people want to be involved but they have so many barriers that prevent them from being involved and if we can work with each other to prevent those barriers or make it easy for people to become more involved then they're more likely to be positive about the process and being ha- having that important role on the board and becoming a part of a community that can actually change things brilliant thank you tomorrow on zoom calls i've learned there's this new thing where as you someone's talking if you agree with them you violently wave your hands on the screen so you couldn't see me but that's what i was doing whilst you were talking um um, uh, i'd like you to come in a bit on that broad topic but also there was something Tamana touched on there that I'd like us to get into which is we're here talking about trustee roles particularly and and, uh, young people on boards but um, uh, as Tamana sort of touched on it goes way beyond that as well doesn't it? Yeah absolutely Um, I think when we're we're looking at the situation at the minute as well where we've got reports coming out that BAME communities are are dying um, we need to ensure that there is um, positions of power through, throughout, not just on a board level, but a wider level, um, need to reflect um, society so that decisions moving forward can can be made in the best interests of, of the community as a whole. Um, and in specifically to a board, if we look, if you were to go into any charity boardroom right now and say, are you 100% sure of your strategy? Um, and if they told you, yes, we're completely sure, there's no uncertainty here, um, I'd tell you that they're lying. Um, and it right now, it, it, it's, as everyone's been saying, it's never been so urgent to have those diversity of perspectives um, to navigate that uncertainty uncertainty and if we're not having that that's a real risk to the core of what being a trustee is about mm-hmm. um and right now those statistics less than three percent of trustees are under 30 as well as that being reflected in other uh, aspects of not be- being diverse is is a huge issue yeah do you think i mean anyone can come in on this do you think because of the nature of you know the last 20 years the uncertainty the volatility in so many ways um that that young people are perhaps more comfortable in that kind of a world that it's a huge generalization but um 
if we're talking about boards being sort of more comfortable with uncertainty, more adaptive to different scenarios and futures, is that something that, that young people in particular bring, do you think, to boards? I think there's something that you said there about um, the last 20 years. There are some young trustees and aspiring young trustees that the young trustees movement is working with who are 20 years old and younger, actually. So to you're talking about their entire life when you categorise the last 20 years. So there's something there about how powerful is it to have those people who have been responding and growing up during all of the things that um, we've mentioned on this uh, podcast around the table. I think there's an additional point here as well, which is that you don't have to look very far to find awesome young people doing really cool stuff in your community, whether that's local, national, regional, whatever. Um, we have seen that young younger people have stepped up when um, it has been required of them. Um, I use the example of student nurses going to work in hospitals during coronavirus, initially unpaid. I mean, that was a massive effort from uh, thousands of student nurses across the country. And there are younger people doing things. There are children that are stepping up, whether that's in their household or beyond, to respond to the current crisis. Um, now, imagine if you put them in the boardroom, all the things they could potentially go on to achieve. They've already done some really good stuff, but the potential here is enormous when you start having decision-making um, platforms, including them and opened up to them. And Joe has taken the Blaygrove Trust a step further, really, by having um, you know, a huge number of their trustees um, who fit into the category of young trustees rather than just the tokenistic appointment. There is massive potential here. Her organisation is still going. It hasn't gone bust. Quell surprised that just because there are young people around the table, it doesn't mean the organisation is no longer fit for purpose or existing. So there's loads of examples out there. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate the, the there are young people that have done some really good stuff, but imagine the potential if they were given the right platforms. Awesome, Liam. Thank you. And, and now, if I can come in, in our wider work as well as Blaygrave, um, we're, we're reaching out to young people all the time now for, as part of other initiatives that we're involved with um, to come in as advisors um, to help shape the listening fund. And, um, you know, far from kind of scrambling around trying to find the, the right young people, it's the complete opposite. You know, there, there are too many young people that we would like to give opportunities to. Um, so anybody who says that, you know, they're worried about finding the right people just is really not looking in the right places. Um, but I, I just wanted to reflect on this, this skills and also the risks of not um, having young people. I mean, I just think there are some quite profound issues at the moment around, you know, social cohesion and intergenerational kind of equity and harmony. You know, because there is a big gulf between young and old people. And again, with COVID-19, the, the the way that we're experiencing it is completely different if you're a young person or you're a very old old person who's who's vulnerable for health reasons um and it's so important that we bring people together and we learn to work together and live together and so we need to model that in in terms of how we work as organizations um but in in terms of your point about skills, um, Bob, I, I think one of my um, reflections is that, you know, people talk a lot about how the world's really interconnected and we live in this rapidly moving digital landscape. Um, and I think we talk about these things as if they're coming upstream and they're, they're things that we 
kind of got to grasp at some point. But for young people, that that is how they have lived their lives. They are well practiced in navigating multiple sources of information digitally, quickly, the whole time. They've been bombarded with it, you know, my teenage sons for for a long, you know, since they were like eight years old. And so I have found actually that that, that young people kind of do sit, it's a bit of a generalization, but they do sit with kind of systems thinking and complexity quite naturally and quite well. Um, And I don't think that people have really considered that. And then the other thing I would just say is that, you know, one of the problems of governance is this issue of social distance from the issues that are trying to address Um, and again on a little bit of a simplistic level but you know young people are out and about in society engaging with a much wider group of individuals um, as they change jobs careers their friendship groups studying etc etc than kind of older adults are whose lives just you know your life just tends to get a bit more set and established and so that that kind of um that diversity and that kind of active engagement in communities that is just part of the young experience, I think does help to challenge this issue of how you reduce the distance between the boardroom and the issues that you're trying to address that feels really important to me. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Tamana, I want to give you a chance to, to, to share anything you, you want based on the, the last few minutes of conversation. I was just going to go back to what you were saying, actually. I think um, in terms of representation of young people I think it's so important not just in the trustee boards and the charity sector in general having people from different communities like having somebody from your own community there's that sort of sense of pride the achievement there's that sort of you know if that person has done that maybe I can do it too and it kind of gives you that motivation that nudge that push for you to think okay I'm capable of doing this you know, this is what this person has done. This is the difference they've made in their community. Why don't I get involved? Now, in my experience, I've done charity work and I've got younger people, uh, you know, my age or younger than me or older than me, and I've explained to them all the projects and things I've been involved in. And that's that experience, the positive experience, the encouragement, the motivation encourages them to be involved. So, for example, I was on a youth council and I was involved in a youth advise youth uh, youth forum, and it was a very different audience and background. The youth council was very kind of um, conservative, very middle class, and the youth forum was kind of very working class. I don't like to use class, but this is just an example. Um, and trying to engage those two different types of people from those two backgrounds, you know, people who may be on a low income or from the council estate compared to people that went to private school trying to bring those two groups of people together to even consider being a a member a representative for their area was actually unheard of but by bringing those two sets of people together and explaining that actually you're all fighting for the same cause but you're just coming from different backgrounds coming together sharing your experiences is something the peer-to-peer work really really helps and it changes them. And I and I managed to get those young people through that to then actually, they were fully involved in youth projects themselves. And it took away that barrier of I'm from this area and I go to this school and I'm from this background. And I think relating that into big role, roles in society, I think it makes a huge achievement 
in terms of bringing people together and realizing that actually I can do this too. I can be a trustee of a board. doesn't matter I'm young. doesn't matter I have a different background to all the rest of the people that are older in the room. I can still make a difference, but with a different perspective, different experience, different voice. Thank you, Tamara. That's really interesting. And one of the things I'm uh, listening to you all, I'm th- sort of thinking a bit about is, um, uh, you know, what we want to create is is a culture of inclusion and deep listening to those people that are closest to the, many of the challenges that, that we face as a society. Um, and that whilst it's not okay just to recruit a few people to your board and say, well, we've done that, recruiting uh, young people to the board and doing it properly and having them as trustee roles can be a big part of creating that much broader, both within your organization and societal cultural shift that you need to make that part of everyday life. I think it, I think it really does because um, one of the things that I think is really interesting now is that young people are inspired by other young people as much as they're inspired by adults. So Greta Thunberg and, and, you know, their peers um, and so seeing their peers be given opportunities um, actually inspires other young people to go out and, and seek to contribute in different ways. Yeah, I, I think it goes needs to go a step further as well, though. So, you know, I would air caution about um, just putting people in the room and listening to them is, is the first step. But really, this is about power. And I think it's about asking, do the platforms that we give young people whether that be boards or somebody like Greta who you know gets um well sailed around the world because she won't fly to mm. all of these amazing platforms but what power is she given by the people who hold all of that power and I think in a boardroom it's no different so to go back to the opening um, example I would say to the young trustee in that case um, you know what power do you have to be able to navigate your role in the board and do you have decision-making power around the patch that you're interested in? Um, we know that boards operate with subcommittees that draw their power from the central board, etc. Wouldn't it be great if um, Carly was to chair the fundraising committee of her board and has real power, mm. um, which is a step in a step further than just listening to? I think. And just just to really echo and, and add to that, I would say it's it's not about being perfect in this process. Um, if you are a, the chairman of a board or a chairperson of a board um, and are looking to recruit someone, it's not and, and you're thinking, right, I need to get this done perfectly before I start. A lot of it is about being on a journey um, and the best boards I've seen are constantly questioning to themselves, like, mm-hmm. how can we be better? What have we done? Yeah. Um, that may have excluded people and being really comfortable with having those conversations yeah. um, is, is a kind of key yeah. key takeaway. Okay. And ask for help as well. Like we're at the movement, we're here to, to kind of help you. Um, if you're watching this like after July or um, you'll see, um, we'll have like a digital hub where you can have your questions kind of answered. And if you're watching before July, um, our whole month is themed around how can we help you to support you to put this into practice. Um, sorry, cheeky plug there. No, um, no, but it good. just had to be said because um, a lot of people think they have to go through this themselves, but we, um, just ask for, for support and help yeah. um, to get the results that you want. And where do you get that from me to Young Trustees Movement website? Yes. So if you go onto our website, you make a pledge to recruit a young trustee and you will get an invite to the Digital Hub, which um, will a whole month um, in July will be around um, 
answering people's questions on how to do this properly. Um, and then we'll also after that be putting that uh, information onto our website as well. Great, thank you, Mita. I was just going to echo something that Mita was saying. I think in terms of trustee boards, I think I don't always think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's important that trustees and boards make mistakes because mistakes are the way you learn the most and you evaluate the most. And I think the best trustee boards are the ones that you know make mistakes, learn from them, move forward, and evaluate their processes and think, you know, so what? What if you know? Well. You know, questioning and asking sensible questions as to am I doing this right? Can I do this better? You know, what what can we do to improve? And it's always about developing and improving and nurturing, I think, is really important. And also nurturing one another and the young people, because I've noticed that young people flourish even more when they have the right positivity, energy and support networks around them. I mean, a lot of young people, they, they may not know what they are capable of. They may not know that, you know, they can... Um, they can go for a chair role if they wanted to, or they could be in a sub role if they wanted to. They may be doubtful that thinking that they don't have the skills and experiences, but sometimes it takes that extra, that conversation, that that little um, phrase, that bit of a nudge, bit of a push, thinking, you know, you are capable of doing this and you will excel, you will learn, you will make a few mistakes along the way, but it's okay to make some mistakes. Um, I think sometimes people could be very quick at judging some charities, organisations or trustees, but... I think it's really important to allow them to have the space to make those mistakes and to learn from them and move forward. Thank you, Tamara. So thank you all for uh, participating in that really rich conversation. Um, really uh, great to have all your perspectives um, and I've certainly learned a lot. Uh, if I could just finish by asking each of you to, to give me one quick tip for somebody thinking about uh, recruiting someone to their board uh, and bringing young people onto their board um, and a, a kind of reason why they should really do it and, and get on with it. Uh, Mita, can I go to you first, please? Yeah, take action, start the conversation. If you've been thinking about it for a while, create the job spec. If you need to have the discussion with your board, table it on the agenda. So take action wherever you are on your journey. Thanks, Mita. Um, Joe. So tips, um, if your existing board is resistant, maybe bring some young people into the boardroom to talk around an agenda item and just show um, what young people are capable of. Um, and consider possibly having more than one, bring two trustees in together so that they can support each other because I found that really helped. Um, and I think, you know, just a last kind of plea, like make the space for young people why do we why are we afraid to trust young people um you know a lot of the young people that want to be trustees most likely are thinking deeply already about how they can contribute otherwise they wouldn't want that role or be interested in them um so they'll probably surprise you maybe in different ways than you're expecting but trust them thanks joe um tamana i would like to say that i think you can't you, you well you can't have a trustee board without young people i mean you should have young, you should have a trustee board with young people because if you don't you will essentially lose out and miss out on the wealth of experiences skills and knowledge that they have young people know more than you actually realize and i understand why people can be resistant but i think it's really open it's really it's really important to be open to change it's really important to be open minded and give young people a chance, a chance that they deserve to learn, develop, flourish. Um, 
And in terms of tips, like I would say, allow young people to have that space in the meeting, whether it is setting specific agenda items and allocating specific time for the young people to speak if if you're not able to, or if there's any other topics. Uh, Another thing I would recommend is to continue or if you if you don't already have have a cheat sheet for big words phrases that people don't understand and also you know sometimes it's good to have pre-meetings for younger people or pre-discussions or debriefs after the meeting so young people can really understand engage what has been happening if that is needed and to kind of have regular sessions or mentor buddy to help the young people sort of navigate and learn through the process of being a trustee. Thank you, Tamana. And Leon, will you finish us off? My closing plea would be to take the plunge because your um, confidence in doing so will reap lots of rewards for your board and for your organisation and indeed for the young person or young people that you end up putting around your table. I think If you are listening to this, it is likely that your board is the same as every other charity board, i.e. there's not much things that set it apart and you're probably not as disrupted as the Blaygrave Trust's board has been over the last three years. So if you are uh, existing in that setting, then the type of young person that you want around your table or the type of young person who would want to be around your table is probably doing things in their community anyway. They are already local leaders, whether that be part of their youth parliament or working in the arts and culture sector or doing great things in the health sector where they live, work, study, whatever. Um, and for your first step, They are great people to bring around your table, but remember that this is a journey and uh, you have forever really to get this done. Um, And you are not the first person to do this. You've heard from three young trustees, That means we represent at least three organisations. You've heard from Joe as a fourth organisation. There are plenty more out there who have already taken those initial steps and done lots of that initial learning for you. So we can help build your confidence uh, in doing this. There's plenty of resources out there. But really, as I say, take the plunge and you'll reap the rewards. Great. What a lovely way to finish. Thank you very much, Leon. And thank you, everybody, for for all your time on this call. Um, It's been great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Have you witnessed boardroom discussions similar to what was discussed today? Do you have other boardroom experiences you'd like to share? Some practical advice that you'd be willing to contribute? Or ideas for future read between the lines agenda items as part of this series? Get in touch and join the conversation. Email me, bob at practicalgov.co.uk or tweet us, hashtag agenda one.